Hi, Kayla. It's been such a long time. I know that you're saying that to be facetious because we've already recorded two episodes tonight and we continue to break the fourth wall just to, you know, let our fans know that we record these in batches. We do. I mean, I was just going to let it go this time, but you can take you can take the reins on that, I guess. You were two for two. I was expecting you to do it again. Well, you know what? I edit these episodes so I can cut that out if I want to. Probably would okay. interrupt the flow of the conversation, so I won't do that. So You could just leave me sitting here and looking like an idiot. It's okay. You're not an idiot. <sighs> anyway, this we are... Oh, yeah. A hot mess. We are a hot mess. This is Mordor, she wrote. Um, Audrey, you want to tell them a little bit about us? Yeah, sure. They don't know at this point. (laughs) I mean, I hope they know at this point, but who knows? Maybe they've come onto the scene in a new fashion. So, Kayla has never read Lord of the Rings. Uh, Her entire familiarity, familiarity, ooh, starting off strong familiarity with Tolkien's works is The Hobbit because she's an English teacher and she used to teach it to middle schoolers. I, Audrey, am thoroughly obsessed with Lord of the Rings and all things Tolkien, so I've read Lord of the Rings many, many times, along with a lot of other works by Tolkien. So, we go through chapter by chapter, and right now we are on chapter 9, at the sign of the Prancing Pony. Because there aren't enough fucking pony references in this damn book. Kayla's really bitter about the ponies. I have to, okay, so I have to, I feel like I need to put a disclaimer in here. I am actually enjoying myself reading these. I got very excited at the end of this chapter and was very mad that, like, that was where we chose to end this batch of recordings. Look, and part of the brand is is some amount of exasperation on our parts, and that's okay. Yes, like the amount of songs or the amount of ponies. And guess what? This chapter delivers on both counts, much to my chagrin. Yeah, there's a lot of songs in this one, too. <laughs> and I love it. Just so you know, um, the beginning of my notes, because I just opened my notebook to this part, it says, because we need yet another pony reference. I love it. That's a that's a better chapter title, honestly. Okay, so this chapter opens with a lot of the history of the town of Bree and where it is situated geographically in Middle-earth. And I feel it's very it is classic worth... Tolkien in that way. Yes. Well, this is one of those times where I felt like the context was necessary and the info dump actually served the purpose of the story instead of like, I don't know, lots of lots of paragraphs about pipe tobacco. That <laughs> You're really I'm... never going to let that go. And honestly, I can't blame you. <laughs> I'm still mad. This about one... the th- I'm still mad about the thing with the brooch in the last chapter where we never find out anything more. About Tom's, very sorry. Tom's past lady love and but, but I'll do a little I'll do a little Google sleuthing and see if I can find an answer for you or at least find which book an answer might be in because it's very possible it's just something I forgot. I doubt it. If you're like Lord of the if you're like with Lord of the Rings how I am with Harry Potter, I doubt you forgot it. But. I do I do try to maintain an encyclopedic knowledge. So yes. So these opening few pages, Tolkien gets into the background of the town of Bree and the fact that it is, it's almost like a, what's the word I'm looking for? Like a rest area? Is that the best? Crossroads. Thing? Crossroads. Yeah. There, I was like, that's it's, not the word it's I'm like, looking for. 
Okay, so I live in the Midwest. Here's some Midwest for you. Sometimes you drive through Midwestern states and uh, there's a place where multiple highways cross and the town is made up of like five fast food restaurants, five gas stations, and a couple churches and like 20 houses. And like, it's a town. They call that a town. But it's like a crossroads town. So that's not only the case in the Midwest. Um, I live near a town called Lake City in Florida. And no, I'm not triangulating my location because I'm actually 20 miles away You're from moving. Lake City. Yes, but currently, right now, as of this episode on May 3rd, 2021, um, my hometown of Lake City is at the crossroads of I-75 and I-10. So I-10 runs east from Jacksonville all the way to Los Angeles and I-75 starts somewhere up in Michigan I think or in the northeast and runs all the way south to Tampa and my town is literally right that town Lake City is literally right there and it is exactly as you said lots of gas stations I mean it's grown up some in the last like 20-30 years but for the most part it was a small town at the intersection of like a major highway so yeah, but that's kind of yes. what Bree is. It also has the notable distinction of being the only settlement that is racially cohabitated. So hobbits and men live in this town in like the same vicinity. And that's just, Tolkien makes a big point of telling us that that's basically the only place in the world that's like that, where and they, different and- raci- races settled in the same place. I loved this so much. He said, like, so we already know that the hobbits call humans, like, regular humans, big people. And the big people call the hobbits the little people. But they all refer to themselves as Bree people. And I was just like, that is precious. I do love that. Bree folk is such a good name. Um, There's also, there's one other really interesting thing uh, Mm -hmm. that they mention in this kind of, like, background section, introduction to Bree. Uh, they talk about how um, there are these mysterious people who often travel through and around Bree called rangers, and they are very yes. mysterious folk. Mm. Um, is this another example of Chekhov's gun? I mean, most of Tolkien's chapters have an example of Chekhov's gun where he's like, let me tell you a lore thing. When shall this come into play? Mm-hmm. And then you like flip the page. So as Frodo and the squad, the, the Shire squad, are coming through the gates of Bree, um, one of the gatekeepers becomes weirdly fascinated with their party, and it puts Frodo a little on edge. And he was already like a little creeped out at the end of the last chapter. And I think this is the point where he asks everybody to call him Mr. Underhill or Underhill. And make no reference to where they came from or where they're going. And while this is happening, a mysterious figure hops over the fence. You know, here's the thing about this exchange. You may say that the gate person is weirdly in, um, invested in their story and finding out about them. But he does say one thing that I think perhaps explains a little bit what's happening. Yes. Uh, he says, I meant no offense, but you'll find that more f- folk than old Harry at the gate will be asking you questions. There's queer folk about. So basically, he's alluding to the fact that there are a lot of travelers recently come into town 
um, that they haven't seen before and not everybody's happy about it. And also could be alluding to the fact that, you know, there's some certain people on horseback that have been riding around looking for some hobbits. Oh, yeah, the Black Riders. I forgot about them. It's been a hot second since we've seen them. I know. And you're supposed to forget about them. But that's what I'm always reminded of at this point um, is that he's saying, hey, there's weird people who are already in town and just weird people who've been passing through. Yeah. And a conversation happens here. And that kind of goes back to what we talked about with like Tolkien and his some of his problematic views from the last episode um while they're talking about all of these travelers that come from different areas and like cross paths um in this town we get another hint as had been mentioned um way earlier i don't remember which chapter but like travelers leaving other areas to move elsewhere and some of the inhabitants of brie are like we're all for them moving to try and find a new location, but we don't want them to set up camp here and take up lots of space. Like, right. And that has another, like, that's another nod at things going wrong elsewhere and people trying to leave those areas for Hints safety. at unrest outside the Shire, right? Yes. That the hobbits aren't aware of. So. Mm-hmm. Um, this is now the second hearing we've heard of rumbling so they proceed on their way to the prancing pony which is owned by my character with or the character with my favorite name barleyman butterbur i love him so much Um, he's so good like they meet him and he immediately is just like stream of consciousness like oh hobbits from the shire i thought i had something to tell you oh but don't worry let's get you a room and like just constant talking Yes, so he serves Tolkien's favorite function for a character such as Gandalf or Mr. Butterbur. He is the info dump character in which he has lots of information that we need to give us context for what the hell is happening in the town of Bree. And also, um, as Audrey mentioned, he keeps forgetting that he has news for the hobbits. But he never tells us what that news is in this chapter, so I can only imagine what's going to happen in chapter 10. Right. Yes. Uh, so, so he forgets it. He says it's busy because he also mentions travelers from out of town coming up the Greenway. Um, lots of people to serve. Um, but he gets his servants to set them up in some rooms specially built for hobbits with round windows. And they have I, yes I have dinner in their in rooms. I have a note in here about that being what I call movie magic in my head. This inn Aww. just happens to have rooms that are perfect for hobbitses. Well, it's and... because Bree is a uh, uh, both hobbit oh, and no. and man town, and they do make mention that like the Brandy Bucks sometimes come here, so Mary's family sometimes comes to Bree, um, yeah. but that has tukes. decreased. The two yes. used to venture out that way, which I believe are Frodo's people. Some of Frodo's um, people. Frodo's cousins, Pippin's family. Gotcha. Well, um, Bill. I also made. Is... Bilbo, Bilbo Baggins' mother was a toque. Yes, so Frodo's cousins. Yes. Um, I made a note that yes. Tolkien makes a point to tell us how often the hobbits are bathing. Like, they bathed at Tom Bombadil's house, and they're here in Bree, and they have another bath. And it's perfect. Well, they probably and, are all sweaty and disgusting. I'd want a bath, too. I mean, he, I would... he does make a point of telling us how gross and, and road-worn they are before they bathe. But I just, yeah. I just find it to be a very, like, one of those things that's not typically mentioned in fantasy, like, 
Game of Thrones talking about poop a whole lot aside. Um, like, <laughs> I forgot about that. <laughs> oh my god. So Look, cute. I didn't watch the show, but I've read the books that are published so far, and I'm not going to keep reading them because just aside from all of the other problems that I have with the Saga Fire and Ice, George R. R. Martin yes. feels the need to describe so much pooping, and I just don't understand it. When there are anyway. so many other necessary things that we could have conversations about, like, no, you can always tell a fantasy is written by a dude when there is not one mention of how ladies take care of themselves, and I will leave that euphemism where it is. That's, look, it's fine, it's fine, it's just not what I want from my my fantasy books, but anyway. I, mean, I don't either, but if we're going to talk about poop that much, like. I know, you would expect there to be talk about other things. If you know, you know, and that's all you need to know. So. <laughs> anyway, uh, it, so they, I just thought it bathe. was funny that Tolkien's making a point basically every two chapters to tell us, hey, they took a bath. Don't worry about it. Yes. They took a bath. So after their bath and their dinner, the squad goes to the common area to socialize. Except for Mary. I was getting there. I was like, I, and then I went back in my notes and wrote above that, except Mary. And... Frodo has a spring break moment, but we will get there momentarily. <laughs> They're um, like first beset upon by the like Bree hobbits who have just a ton of questions. And Frodo basically lies and is like, oh, I'm interested in history and geography. I'm writing a book. Yes. And um, Pippin and who's the other one? Sam. You got it. I was like, Mary's not with Pippin for once. So that's not going to work. Um, Mary and Sam start Perry and God damn it. (laughs) (laughs) We both have to have the moments, you know, I want everybody to know that we do this show sober. We do. And this still happens. I was about to say, you don't have a choice right now. I mean, I've been sober for like, Oh God, like eight months now. So that's way before I was pregnant. I'm jealous. Um, Sam and Pippin seem to be having a right good time here in the um, bar of the inn. Uh, Pippin especially uh, is is throwing him back. I think he feels very comfortable and like he's back home at the Green Dragon having a few beers and shooting the shit with the hobbits that come through there. And that starts to become concerning to Frodo, especially when Pippin decides he's going to start telling stories Specifically, and the story of Frank, Bilbo's birthday party, Bilbo's birthday party leading up to and, the disappearance. And Frodo, in that instance, decides the only logical thing to do is to jump up on the bar like a college girl on spring break and sing a song. It's a long song. It's the longest song we've gotten so far. Yes. What do I have written down here? Um, Frodo does something dumb. He notes suspicious figures in dark corners of the bar. Well, I'm gonna stick a pin in that thought for a second. Pippin drinks too much, and that's the and this is the part where Frodo jumps on the table and Wonder of Wonders sings a song. Um, can we go a chapter without singing? Those are exactly what my notes say. And absolutely not. His song is such a hit that he decides to sing a second one, and I'm also gonna stick a pin in that thought because. This song, I know this song, kind of, because really? it is Hey Diddle Diddle. You're right. 
as in, hey diddle diddle, the cat and the fiddle, the cow jumped over the moon. Little dog laughed to see such fun, and the dish ran away with the spoon. You're right. Um, it is like a modified version. It is. Um, fun, fun story about Kayla in kindergarten. There is a VHS floating out somewhere in the great wide yonder of my kindergarten choir concert, which was, what was it? What was it called? It was um, Mother Goose's story time or something like that. And we all, Mother <laughs> Goose's nursery rhymes. And the I was in the three little kittens who lost their mittens, but I knew all of the words to the Hey Diddle Diddle song. And Very it was two cute. of my classmates dressed up like a dish and a spoon, and they ran around in circles. But they couldn't agree which direction they were supposed to go. Um, <laughs> yes. So there, there are some things. There are some things I mentioned that we should probably go back and talk about like the yeah, so dark figures fig- in the corners figures and dark corners right um so mm-hmm. before frodo sings his beautiful magnum opus of a song he asks butterbur about this <laughs> this guy in the corner and butterbur's like on my computer <laughs> i'm so sorry <laughs> butterbur's <laughs> like oh yeah i don't know his name we call him strider he's a ranger and so um once they're like finished gossiping about him Strider's looking at Frodo. So Frodo's like, okay, I'm going to go sit by this guy. Frodo's got balls of steel, clearly. And uh, the guy's like, I'm called Strider, to reiterate exactly what Butterbur just said. Uh, And then he implies that he knows that Frodo's name isn't Underhill. In the same sentence. Yes. And I I have two major thoughts on Strider that I'm saving to the end of the episode. So... Okay, we'll all right, we'll save him, because this isn't the last we hear from him. It He's actually the one who tells Frodo, like, hey, uh, this isn't the Shire, maybe you should go check on your friend. And that's when Frodo's like, ah, shit, I gotta do something yes. about Pippin. Time to sing this song. And then while Frodo is up on the table singing his song, he starts to kind of feed off the crowd's energy, and they love his song so much that he's like, I'm gonna sing another one. And in the middle of singing his next song... He trips and falls, and somehow the ring magically ends up on his finger, and he disappears in front of God and everybody. And it is at this point he reappears next to Strider, and Strider says, Well, you just did more damage than your friend telling stories about Bilbo Baggins ever could by disappearing in front of them. And, yes. So so it becomes apparent immediately that Strider knows who Frodo is. Uh, yes. Frodo's like, I'm gonna try and be chill. We can talk later. And Strider's like, mm-hmm, later, okay. Uh, yeah. And so people are freaking out and, like, trying to tell Mr. Butterbur what happened, and Barleyman, to his credit, is basically just like, oh, you people, like, this is so funny. This is just the kind of thing that happens here. Well, you know, and then basically scolds Frodo for, like, hey, if you're gonna do any sort of conjuring or stuff, like, don't rile people up. Yeah, if you're gonna do magic tricks, don't, don't like, drive business off. Because Frodo tries to feed them some cock and bull line about how, um... He, oh, I fell off the table and then crawled under all the other tables back over by Strider. And I've been here the whole time. And they're like, bullshit, I call bullshit. And everybody is so perturbed and put off by this that the party breaks up. Like, Frodo Frodo single-handedly killed the vibe and the hobbits are like... There are a few people who sneak out after Frodo's disappearance, including Harry the Gate Man. Oh yeah! I forgot earlier. about that! I forgot about Harry the Gate Man. 
and I I think there's going to be a damn it Harry moment in chapter 10. And this is the first time where I'm actually making a guess because I have no fucking clue. Um, well, we're at the end of our uh, recordings for today, which means that your guesses this time and your predictions will be true guesses and predictions. They are that. Um, does Frodo not promise to have a conversation with Strider later? He does, and we end the chapter after that, um, after Barliman scolds Frodo a little bit. Um, he says, oh, I would like a word with you in private. Something has just come back to my mind that I ought to tell you. So yes. Butterbur seems to have remembered something that he needs to tell Frodo, and Strider has uh gained a promise from Frodo that they'll speak later. So Frodo's going to have a lot of important conversations, presumably. Yes. And at this point, we ended the chapter and I was flustered because I was like, I should keep reading because maybe Audrey will want to record a fourth chapter. And then I was like, no, <laughs> because none of my notes are done for the two chapters we have read. So. <laughs> Smart. Alas. Good call. So let's talk about Strider. Let's come back to this. Yes. So Tell me everything. That you have in your in your brain about it. So where is he first mentioned? What page is he mentioned? Actually, I completely, well, that's not going to do me any good if I ask you that. Um, he's described, I mean, our books aren't the same, so I can't tell you. He is described on... We a, get the name Strider on 153, which is not your book. Um, I saw him earlier. Sorry, I was taking a second, but... When he is described, he is described as, correct me if I'm wrong, he has on a cloak and it's kind of dingy and it's green in color. He's also described as a particularly tall person. Yes. 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 And taller than the average man, even. Taller than the average man, even. So I have two major guesses as to Strider's identity. And my first guess was Gandalf, because that, as I told you, is my default guess for whenever a mysterious figure shows up. And I guessed Gandalf first because Gandalf usually, like, he's known for, like, stalking around, getting information, and then he kind of shows up randomly with Frodo to, like, info dump. And that was kind of his M.O. also in The Hobbit um, way back when. Um, I got to thinking about it, and I know you're not going to confirm or deny anything at this point. Of course not. Um that was my initial impression of Strider. And then he gets into his conversation with Frodo. And I was like, this just, like, if it was Gandalf, Gandalf would have revealed himself to Frodo at this point. Like, why is it taking him so long to be like, hey boy, it's me. Also, they mentioned that he's wearing his, um, the hood of his cloak up. Like, not covering his face, but like, to shade it or obscure it somewhat. And I was like, that is not something Gandalf would do. Gandalf always has his pointy wizard hat with him. Um, not always, but most also, of the time. Also, did you think Gandalf shaved his beard? No. I thought maybe it was tucked into his cloak at first. I was getting to the beard. Give me a second. So, thus, I reached my conclusion that this is most likely not Gandalf, which leads me to one other guess. I'm fairly certain this may be Aragorn. I, you know I can't say anything. I know you can't, and I'm about to go read chapter 10, just to go. <laughs> immediately after we finish this episode, huh? No, not immediately after this, because I'm reading a book called Princesses Behaving Badly. But um, now I guess it's oh, a great... I read that one. It was fun. I like that book. 
now is a great time for me to insert all that I know about Aragorn, which is to say, not much. Um, I know okay. he's human, and without, like, the, so remember a few episodes ago when I told you that I had walked in on a particularly spoilery scene from... Of the end of Return of the King, yes, I recall. Yes, and I know that... Like, if you don't want spoilers for Lord of the Rings because you've never read it before, don't listen Skip at ahead this point. 20 seconds. Yes. Uh, maybe more than 20 seconds. I will. Yes. Because. I was watching the scene where they crown Aragorn king. And I know that Aragorn is a human. And that he was displaced from his kingdom for a while. Hence the title, Return of the King. So that is what is leading me to believe that this may in fact be Aragorn. It also could be a few more chapters before he shows up, but Aragorn is my get best guess, and I know you're not going to tell me anything, and I'm really glad that we don't record where we can see each other's faces, because I could imagine that you're making some kind of face at the moment. You're either like, damn it, she got it, or God, you're wrong, and this is funny. Either way. I mean, um, I'm taking some selfies with my dog right now, um, okay. but yes, I have no poker face, so... I know you don't, and yeah, so that was the end of the spoilers for that, but that is who, my guess is that Aragorn is the figure in the green cloak. Well, also we shall known see Strider. if Strider is Aragorn, presumably in the next chapter, chapter 10, because it's called Strider. Yes. I mean, it could just be one of those where they don't, in fact, reveal their identity until, like, quite a few chapters in have we made it to the little poem that tells about like the prophecy with the ring uh like the writing on the ring yes because isn't there a prophecy associated with the ring that's talked about in the hobbit uh there's so literally the rhyme that's on the ring uh i believe was mentioned early on because we had that like info dump chapter with Gandalf where he throws it into the fire and then reads it yes I'm gonna have to go check that out I may have to that's that which chapter is that chapter two I couldn't tell you two or three I would say okay road goes over on and on no one like I'm stopping anytime I see a every time I see a poem you're going to stop a lot, then. Oh, there it is. Okay. Um, no. No, it's not that chapter. Because that's three rings for the elven kings under the sky, seven for the dwarf yes. lords in their halls of stone, nine for mortal men doomed to die, one for the dark lord on his dark throne, in the land of Mordor where the shadows lie, one ring to rule them all, one ring to find them, one ring to bring them all, and in the darkness find them in the land of Mordor where the shadows lie. Okay, so it's not that. Correct. But. That's so I what guess, I was thinking of, so I don't know what you're referring to now. Are you playing stupid? Because that's one other, like, bit of spoilery information that I do have. I know that there's some kind of prophecy about something, and it has to do with the return of a king. Uh, the one that you're thinking of from The Hobbit, I can answer this because I actually just guessed it on uh, That's What I'm Talking About, and we talked oh, about yeah. chapter 10 of The Hobbit, which is amazing. I should have mentioned this in like either of our past two episodes, but I totally forgot. Yes. Um, it was great, though. Please go listen to the episode. It, we had a really fun time. You're mm -hmm. thinking of a poem that we haven't yet heard in this book 
that is very similar to a poem that's in The Hobbit that talks about the return of the king under the mountain. Gotcha. So, again, like, I have no context for either of those guesses I just made. So, like, we can just leave them leave them lying where they are. But that is the... That is... I'm fairly confident in my guesses. I feel like I've put enough... I feel like I've put plenty of dots together, all few of them that I do have. And that is that is where I'm putting... I'm betting on that particular horse since it is Kentucky Derby week. Well, we will see if Kayla's correct in the next chapter, but that is all for today. So that Kayla, is. why don't you tell them where they can find us on social media? We are. And because I should... You would think I have our Twitter handle memorized by now, but I don't. It's Mordor underscore she wrote. Oh yeah, it's all the same because I did that for that reason. So we are on Instagram and Twitter at Mordor underscore she wrote. Um, you can email us at Mordor she wrote the podcast at gmail.com. Also, if you are enjoying listening along, reading along, or raging along, depending on like what point in the book we are, um, and you want to say some nice things to us, drop us an email or leave us a review on like Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you're listening on Spotify, just give us a follow so you can help our download numbers out because I'm not shamelessly plugging feedback at all. Um, <laughs> yeah. um, we will be back very soon with chapter, chapter 10, which is Strider, I believe. Correct. Yes. And may the stars shine on the end of your road.